Consensus 1234 invites you to get this with Tony Martin and Michael Ward. Good morning, you lot. Welcome to another week of it. It's me, Tony Martin. That bloke over there is Ed Cavalier. Morning, morning. And who the hell I don't know. is our co-host? Give him a round. It's Michael Ward. Hey. You've pulled me off the street. I'm just the guy walking by <laughs> saying, come on in and be on the show. Uh, look, Wardy has been panicking all week, Ed. He's been saying to me, you know... I'm not a big enough name, but it's not about big names, Woody. It's just about people we can talk to because a lot of yep. these famous types, you can't talk to them. All their ears and graces. I've got none of that, mate. <laughs> none of that at all. Who is Michael Ward? He's a comedy writer. If you've been watching comedy shows on Australian TV after the, over the last oh, 10, 15 years, you would have been laughing at something of his. What's the best show you've written for? The best show I've written for, Tony, would have to be uh, McAuliffe Tonight. Uh, really? McAuliffe Tonight. What is about my... the McAuliffe program, though? I wrote on uh, the three series of the McAuliffe. Anything to do with McAuliffe. Anything with right. McAuliffe in the title. Uh, that's the favourite show that I've worked on. We love his work, but he is on another network, um, <laughs> which yeah. is frankly rubbish. Which ra- and it rated 1.1, I think, uh, recently, so <laughs> terrible, terrible. We're waiting for him to get sacked so that he can come on here as a guest. <laughs> right. oh, of course he can't come on. Till then, we can't even mention him. No. Uh, really? What is there for... Okay, that's great. Lots yeah. of great comedy sketches, uh, lots of great shows. What would be the worst show you've worked on? Mm. Uh, this doesn't go on the resume, but uh, I will fess up to this. Um Three words, Let Loose Live. Let Loose Live. Holds the record for the shortest run of a comedy show on Australian television. It beat the comedy sale by one week. It lasted two weeks. Wow. On Channel 7. Let's just rank them. Uh, (laughs) I was on the Mick Malloy show. That was axed after eight episodes. Yep. That tied equal with Eric Banner Live. Yep. That was eight. Then you go to Hamish and Andy. That was axed after six. Yep. Then I think it goes to the chat room. Remember the chat room? What was that? Three weeks? That was like a rip-off of the panel with uh, Tracy Bartram and our friend Greg Fleet and I think Peter Burner might have been on it. Sorry about mm. that, Pete. But that lasted th- uh, three? Three or four, I think. Three. Yeah, three. Maybe three. And then I always remember Mark Mitchell's misguided sitcom, The Big Time. Never saw it. That was axed after two, but three were shot. Ah, so, sorry. Let Loose Live, I guess, with two. Would yeah. that be the record? That is the record. You missed the comedy sale, though. That oh, the lasted, comedy sale. Yeah, three weeks on Channel 10. Three. Robin Butler was in that. Yeah. She don't mention that when she's in the room. What's it, you? What was it about? The comedy sale was a comedy program where every sketch was set inside a shop in a shopping mall. Oh. And there's just something about shopping malls that seems to just suck the comedy out of the room. Oh. Yeah. I don't know what it is. But Let Loose Live was uh, was sh- a shocking experience, and the, the, the worst. <laughs> no, well, tell us what you. you know, well, the worst thing about Let Loose Live was the um, you know, you, you like some some sort of decent writing conditions, but they stuck all the writers in these uh, these school portables in the loading bay of Channel Seven. So there's no no sunlight whatsoever. You're like vampires down there. <laughs> so it's like sweatshop conditions. It's like, and they put in some pot plants to try and spruce up the place. They all died within a week. Oh. And uh, and next door, like the, many of the regular characters, <laughs> and next door the. Um, the deal or, de- or no deal models were in their own little portable, so that was right. the, the highlight of the day seeing them. But, uh, yes, we were in there for three weeks and we all came out with um, scurvy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you told me you only worked on one episode, is that right? I had 60 seconds go to air. Uh, right. Tom Williams doing some kind of weather report or something, but... Um, yeah. 
I try to get stuff up, but I'm glad now that nothing got up <laughs> yeah. on that show. So the great thing about having only done one episode is you can say, hey, I worked on half the series. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's it. Well, and I tell you what else I saw you on, um, and that was what gave me the idea of getting you in here, was you are on Joker Poker. Oh, Joker Poker, yeah. Ah. Which is, you know, I, I love a bit of TV poker, but frankly, all the other poker shows are working in the shadow of Mike Sexton. Yep. And uh, Vince Van Patten. Is <laughs> yes. it Van Patten? Van Patten, son of Dick Van Patten. Is that from, right? From Eight is Enough, yeah. Wow. On the World Poker Tour, the That's WPT, right. yeah, where yeah. all your pots are monsters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and Joker Poker was, I mean, th- there were just a lot of comedians who didn't really know each other, and there was styles clashing into yeah, each other. Yeah. But what was great about your episode is it was, and I was really impressed by it because they actually got four blokes who have a, an actual poker club. Who do you have a poker club with? Well, well I, I play poker with uh, guys like Rusty. Bertha from the, from the Scared Word Little Guys and yeah. uh, of Colin Lane from Lane and Woodley yeah. and um, John Fleming from the Scaredies and uh, Marty Sheargold used to play a little bit. All right. And uh, a few other comedians and actors and uh, Russell Fletcher. And uh, that, that was a good thing about our episode of Joker Poker is that we knew each other. Yeah, yeah. And so there was that chemistry. And also we knew how to play the game, which a, a lot of other ring-ins sort of didn't really know how to play poker that well. No, that's right. That's the problem with celebrity poker. It sounds like it's going to be fun. But once it starts, you realise they know nothing about poker. I might as well just be having a game myself. <laughs> and and we can, a, we've seen Gary Busey's work. No idea what he was doing. And it's a game. Yeah, so you sort of have to take it seriously to, to do okay in it. So yeah. that's, that's at odds with trying to be funny when you're trying to sort of play properly. Right. And what's your number one tip for potential uh, Texas Hold'em players listening to this oh, now? Oh, look for young young players out there. A good starting hand is vital. Good right. starting hand. Start with a good starting hand and. and uh, Go from there. And when you get to the end of your round with your friends playing poker, do you bring out the beer of champions like on the <laughs> WPT? Uh, no, no, we're not that serious. We just take the cash and run. Do you have a hot babe waiting by the door like Shana Hyatt? <laughs> do you get your Mrs. Wardy to whack on a no. boob tube no, and no. present you with a prize as you walk boob into the tube. kitchen? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's no. boob tube central. Yeah. Boob tube the, Monday. The, the friends of mine who watch the WPT, there was like black armbands on the day that Shana Hyatt, who's the busty uh, yeah, hostess, yeah. that she's left the show. Oh, no. And it was tragic. It was, oh, Shana Hyatt's gone. And then word went round. They've started repeating the early ones. <laughs> and I'm going, but you've seen them. You've seen the game. Yeah, but it's still got Shana Hyatt Absolutely. on it. So apparently that is the key. All right, Wardy, you're not going anywhere. More poker tips and more, well, something else that we're going to come up with during the song on Get This. That's Dancing in the Dark, Bruce Springsteen here at Get This on Triple M. Tony Martin, Ed Cavalese here. Michael Ward, fine comedy writer, is uh, sitting in on the program today. Tone, uh, a couple of people have called in and said that Doug Mulray's naughtiest home video show, yes. la- it lasted 15 minutes. That's Phil and Lawrence just called to say that. I think it actually like, it was a bit longer. It got to oh, about three quarters of an hour of an hour. But you're right. Technically, that's not even one episode going to air. So well, is, uh, would that be the record? That would be the record, but was it a comedy? I was, it was, I was hilarious. I was watching it yeah. and I was in stitches the whole time. The naughtiest home video show. What was the clip that resulted in it being taken? Uh, there were a couple. They were, they were in a farm and it was sort of like this guy just walking along. <laughs> I remember it vividly. And he walking along, walking along. And then there was a voice off to the side that said, Oi! Right? And then they turned around and a couple of horses were making merry. <laughs> And then tears came on. Making Mary. Is that like making Whoopi, Ed? It is, but horse Whoopi. (laughs) Horse Whoopi. Whoopi. (laughs) We'll have more horse Whoopi coming up. But, uh, no, I remember there was a child fondling a kangaroo's genitals. And I just think that's really, that's where I draw the line. No. I just do. And that was, you know, perhaps the quote that um, 
Kerry Packer will be most remembered for mm. because he call, apparently he called up the network and said, mm. get that effing S mm. off the screen. Yeah. So, or it might have even have been more obscene than that. Effing <laughs> family show off the screen. He doesn't have time for full words. Yes, he yeah. just abbreviates. Just get that family show off. All right, we think that may be the record. Mm. Uh, it's hey Mother's Day. Did you guys celebrate that? I don't speak to my mother, so there was nothing there. Uh, my mum's in Sydney, so I, I called her. Uh, yeah, okay. And she also works as a secret agent, isn't she, Ed? A <laughs> little bit, yeah. Works for the immigration department? <laughs> among others, yeah, among others. Is she sitting up on the top of our coastline on a big tennis chair just <laughs> looking for illegal immigrants? Just with, with a, a megaphone going, go away. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Wardy? Aren't you a dad now? I'm a dad uh, of uh, six and a bit month old twins. So Twins? <laughs> twins, Ooh. yes. So Anita, my wife, it was her first Mother's Day yesterday, and boy, I wasn't going to muck, muck that one up, I tell you what. I had the, uh, the croissants, the orange juice, the flowers, the CD, the facial, the twins coming in to visit her in the morning when she was in bed. No way I was going to muck that one, I'm going to tell you. Well and uh, what, what are twins like? Are they, uh, you know, identical twins? No, they're non-identical twins. They're, uh, they're great fun, but the, the sad thing is, uh, before they came along, our dog, Zach, was yes. the apple of our eye. Right. And, um, he's you know, forgotten now. He's now starved of attention. I was feeding the twins the other day, and I looked around, and Zach was juggling plates to get my attention. <laughs> he was... He's, can I ask, are the twins evil? Are they evil twins? Because often it, twins are evil. Yeah, there's one that's shaping up to be evil. Right. And uh, with that glint, he was, you know, falling a knife the other day, and the other one is a good twin, so we keep them apart. Okay. We'll keep them apart. We'll do experiments later on in them. <laughs> well, I'm sure there'll be a lot of material in that. Hey, we're mentioning, uh, you know, Channel 9, Naughty's Home Videos, Axe TV shows. What about The Great Escape, or as we call it here, Todd and Brandt's Excellent Adventure? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, talk today is that they're eroding their market value. Uh-oh. But I know, just the fact we're talking in these terms. Uh-oh. By, uh, you know, because they're revealing too many details. Oh. Uh, analysts say almost 40% of the greatest, uh, the Great Escape story's value was lost when the pair appeared on the footy show last week. Uh, even more has been wiped out by newspaper reports of the rescue. So what are we up to? That's, if it's 40% footy show, yeah. newspaper reports, maybe 10 each. Yeah. What do we got left? I don't know. There's just the crumbs now. It's not much. And, and you know, I read on the weekend, you know when you just, there's just one bridge too far in terms of information? Yes. There was one newspaper article that said that the men were forced to take a dump in a mining helmet while locked <laughs> in. And, you know, I'm sure that's what everyone was thinking, really. Yeah. Well, so, is there a toilet in that tiny cake? <laughs> I mean, after two weeks, imagine. That wouldn't be a lot of fun. How are they going to play that in the telly movie? Pegs on noses. But apparently it said that one of them took a dump in a mining helmet. The other one simply didn't go for two weeks. Oh, wow. Just backed it up for a good two weeks. That's not pleasant, That's is it? as hard as the rock around them after that. <laughs> That's that what a, killed Elvis Presley. Yes. Is that a is that a joke like delay eroding miners' value? Oh. The whole rock business erosion. Uh, oh, it's, yeah. it's a festival. Very of, clever. It's a pun fest. Uh, one expert said that there was also an increasingly negative sentiment towards the men after comments by Mr. Russell on the Footy Show about wanting to see how big uh, Eddie McGuire's checkbook was. And I noticed that because they oh. replayed that clip on a few shows over the weekend, and I had it on tape. And if you play it back and freeze, so he does that gag about the checkbook, and then you cut to the audience. If you freeze on the shot of the audience, half of the audience are laughing, and half of them, presumably the rescuers, are just looking real pissed off. Because ah. you're going, you know, what about some cash for the rescuers? Yeah. You know, they're the ones that are going to be out of work now. Yeah. So you see the tide is possibly turning. Wow. 
Uh, no one who likes are these experts, Tony. Uh, they're the same insiders and are friends they? and yeah. pals. The Namibian insiders. The, the Namibian insiders <laughs> from the New Weekly. Uh, no one likes to hear about people being greedy, said one expert. People like to see victims. But listen to this. This is not me saying this, by the way. This ah. is the expert in the Melbourne Herald Sun today. But these two don't seem like victims. They are still a bit overweight and look very healthy. Yep. See, the public their like their problem. victims skinny. Yep. Gaunt. Bedraggled. Bedraggled. Jeez, I love a bedraggled victim tone. Keith Richards like. Uh, reports uh, one of the men's wives allegedly suggested her husband charge for autographs as further oh, tarnished their reputations God. in Beaconsfield. Uh, and then, I like this bit, even the chance of a marketing deal with a drink manufacturer, I think we know which one, mm-hmm. is unlikely following Mr. Russell's quip shortly after his rescue <laughs> that he wouldn't feed it to his dog. Oh, yeah, that was... <laughs> <laughs> So isn't that interesting? There's a kind of etiquette and there's a kind of time frame to cash in on something like this. Go to they, go. They've, still, they've always got Bert's Family Feud, though. Oh, oh he's no, back up. That's true. They'll be on there. Yeah. That's true. They'll yeah, be on bedraggled. there. Bedraggled. It's the only one. Bedraggled. That's your word you of want the day. Cash? You, want the, you want the ching-ching? Bedraggled. <laughs> Bedraggle up. Don't look too fat. <laughs> no. When you're coming out of a mine. That's the lesson. Get on the treadmill before you emerge from that elevator. Did you see that footage, Wardy, when they came out? The slow motion footage? The slow motion. I, gl- I glimpsed it. I, I, can't, I couldn't stand all this. It, it was just too Naomi Robson down there and the slow-mo and the music. I, I can't stand that sort of stuff. It was too Naomi Robson. But they came, if you watch the footage, because um, normally they cut away on the news, but if you watch the footage, uh, Brandt, I think, comes out first and then Todd comes out and then a few seconds later, Kerry-Anne Kennelly comes out. <laughs> and then 10 seconds later, comes out again. I don't know how she did it. <laughs> She somehow did it. More rubbish in just a moment. That's Opportunity Pete Murray here at Get This on Triple M, where comedy writer Michael Ward is sitting yep. in with us. What are you uh, working on at the moment, Wardy? Uh, I've just finished writing for Comedy Inc. Right. Uh, for the fourth season of that. And uh, I've written some episodes of a, uh, of a sitcom, which will be on cable on TV1, uh, uh, sort of start shooting middle of the year, called, uh, it's either called Cock, C-O-Q, or um, <laughs> Stupid, Stupid Man. Haven't decided yet. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, is there some way people can vote, perhaps, <laughs> for their favourite title on this show? Uh, what's going on? And now another thing you do is a bit of uh, DVD reviewing for the newspapers. I do. And I just wanted to ask you, I noticed, have you seen this, Ed? Napoleon Dynamite's in a new film. Oh, is he? It's called The Bench Oh, Wars. yes, 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 yes. And it's, it looks to me like one of those films that you don't show reviewers before ah, it comes out. Have yes. you seen or heard anything about I, this? I've, I've, only, I've seen a few uh, little uh, ads on television, but that's all. It like looks, David Spade's in it, isn't he? David Spade and, and, and Rob Schneider. Now, we're used to them, you know, debasing themselves. Yeah. There's no depth that they won't go to. No. But I don't like to see that nice young Napoleon Dynamite no, being dragged no. into a kicked oh. in the ghoulies comedy. <laughs> He's too good for that, isn't he? Well, he was great in Napoleon he Dynamite. He was wonderful, but I think, you know, when that film came out, he must have just got offers left, right and centre. And for him, he's got to try to make a choice. I can either hold out and go for the really good roles and then wait for everyone to forget Napoleon Dynamite yeah. and never work again, or just do seven films off the bat, make all my money, and then do something good after that. Because he was so good in that film. He was film. hilarious. And he had so many moves and so many subtle bits of timing. Yeah, that was what it was. And the benchwarmers, it just looks like stand back, cop it in the nuts. <laughs> It's just 17 different excuses to cop it in the nuts for an hour and a half. I'd expect that from Rob Schneider. <laughs> he uh, he came to a he did a gig at my university once. Rob uh, Schneider? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came when he was out here for um, Juice Bigelow too. Really? Yeah, yeah. He came on a, on a Thursday, and we kind of uh, we were doing theatre sports that day, and we said, "Oh, look, Rob Schneider's coming." It was 
pa- most packed the bar has ever been, ever, ever, ever. And I met him backstage. I said, oh, we'll just go out there and, and, uh, and just have a chat. And he went, yep, that's cool, that's cool. And then he went out and did about 10 minutes of stand-up and the place was like falling over itself. And he right. kind of walks off and he's like, wow, all those jokes are from 86. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. The 86 gear still yeah. works was, in the Southern Hemisphere. Or, you know, all the um, 21 Jump Street references were going off. <laughs> uh, Wardy, do you follow the work of Mr. Kim Beasley? Uh, it crosses my uh, mind well, once a month, maybe. Yeah, I can feel people turning <laughs> off. Seconds. Don't. Stick <laughs> with us. You don't have to vote for him. Just listen. It's going to be worth it. Uh, last week, we, we heard uh, excerpts from uh, Mr. Costello's budget speech mm-hmm. where he was just obsessed with the bionic ear. He's nuts for it. I don't know what that was about. <laughs> it doesn't seem to have been reported in the papers. Yeah. Equally strange is an interview I've done with the leader of the opposition, Kim Beasley. Now, I'm legally bound to point out mm. that there has been a little bit of editing done in this interview. I'm sure it hasn't been much, though. No, not too much. I mean, yeah. there's always a little bit of cosmetic editing. Look, it's the nature of radio. I can assure you that Mr Beasley did use all of the words you're about to hear. He just may not have used them in this order. Mr Beasley, thanks for joining me. Very good to be with you, Tony. Now, I understand you've got an exciting new policy. Yes. Well, let's hear it. When the Australian Labor Party is elected at the next election, mm. what we're going to do is yes. increase taxes. Increase taxes? That's, but... that's the undertaking. <laughs> I'm sorry, maybe I'm not hearing you right. I mean, what we have said today, just to make this absolutely clear, is that mm. We're going to yep. increase taxes. But you've been talking about tax reform. So, obviously, by definition, yeah, we're going to r- increase taxes. Right, that's your idea and of tax reform. The number one tax reform would be to mm. increase taxes. This is the first thing you're going to do. It's not a bad starting point. <laughs> it's an unusual economic philosophy. Well, it's nice to have an economic philosophy discussion, Tony, but yeah, what we're going to do is yeah. increase taxes. Right, this is your big plan. Frankly, it's the easiest thing to do. Uh, it's the cheapest thing to do. Increase taxes. Yes. But in the past, you've always talked about lowering them. I think that that's where we've massively dropped the ball over the last decade. Better to increase taxes. But there are so many taxes as it is. And they're going up. (laughs) What were you smoking when you thought of this idea? A joint. Right. Well, that raises a few questions. The question is, what is the quality of leaf? Sure. Uh, Mr Beasley, if I could ask a personal question. Yes. I understand you like to get around your offices in the nutty. That's absolutely what I'm into. Right. You walk around nude in front of your staff. Yeah, well, I, I must say I, I have from time to time. Well, that must be confronting for them. And it's particularly tough on women. I'll bet. They have been treated shamefully. What's the psychology behind that? Well, I'm not an analyst, Tony. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, um, but you have been telling the story about how you sat on a stapler and it disappeared. I've been talking about that pretty consistently for the last year and a half. It must be uncomfortable. The blockage is there. Well, why don't you remove it? It's not the priority. I must say, I've tried to fit a stapler up my ass, and it's not easy. You want to put it the other way around. Okay. Uh, do you think this will affect your performance as leader? We won't get that performance until yes. we increase taxes. Right. But getting back to the stapler, are you saying a man with a stapler up his ass can be Prime Minister? What I'm effectively saying is that I am experienced enough to handle all the unexpected things that come into you when you are Prime Minister. Well, there you have it, Australia. A Prime Minister with a stapler it, up his ass. All I'm saying, uh, Tony, is this. I have the experience to do it and therefore I will be in the position to do it. I'm sure you will. It's particularly tough on women. Get this. I'm sorry that this incident has happened. For census, one, two, three, four on Triple M. 
that's World Party. This is the Ship of Fools. Let's get this here on Triple M. Writer Michael Ward is uh, with us on the program today, flashing around some baby photographs. Yeah. That's what happens once you have the children. You just can't stop showing pictures of them to people. Somebody actually made me a T-shirt of uh, of the babies. Like, they took one of my photos that I emailed to them right. and put it on a T-shirt and sent the T-shirt to me. Right. Expecting gonna... me to walk around the streets <laughs> <laughs> with, just... with my babies on the T-shirt. <laughs> La-dee-da-dee-da. Saves you having to wave them at people. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I just flash my chest. And what about will you be, you know, having matching outfits, Beck and Leighton style, you getting into that gear? Oh, wasn't that disgraceful? No, we won't. Uh, they sort of wear the same clothes, but uh, you got to you got to keep the uh, the identities yeah, separate. Right. Yeah. My mum used to dress my sister and I up in sailor outfits. <laughs> my sister's a couple of years older than me, and I had like a little sailor outfit, and she had like the girls' version, mm. and I thought it was really cool. And are you going to be wearing that as you come in? I think that'd be a good look on this show. I would. I Sailor would. Outfits. I would. I saw. I saw a three-year-old kid in the restaurant last night who was wearing a, a full-length duck costume. <laughs> he was just dressed as a duck, and was I thought I would wear that. <laughs> I tell you what, you don't see anymore is uh, when 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 I was a kid, my brother and I had T-shirts with iron-on letters that said our name on the T-shirt. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You don't see that very much anymore. They'll be it's a back. Good idea. They'll be back. So Ed, wearing the sailor outfit didn't affect you at all. <laughs> Wow. And yet you're an advocate. You're an advocate of skipping as a method of getting about. He's really pushing the skipping barrel. No, you're really, really pushing that I'm pushing the skipping it's barrel. It's energy efficient, yeah. you say. It's quick. And it looks cool. It's fun. And the ladies can't get enough. Ladies are digging it, Michael. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Try, the, try the skipping, you say. I say, look, I haven't seen anyone else giving it a whirl, like on the streets, oh, yeah. but... Results. What you need same. to do is to, to make it really effective is wait till you see a gang of tough kids. <laughs> oh, yeah. A street gang. Yeah. You know, like in West Side Story. Oh, yeah. Well, they're not exactly tough, the sharks. Just skip past them, see what happens. They'll skip with me. We'll all skip together. I think it's time for a climb. Talkback Mountain, shonky scams. What about those ATMs? I didn't realise how much they cost because, of course, I don't use the ATMs. Yeah, yeah. what do you use, Tony? I'm one of the holdouts with the <laughs> passbook. Still? Yeah. In, well, like I you walk into the bank. I do because I talk about this in my in my book, Lolly Scramble, still available, and it's made yeah. me a sort of a public advocate for passbooks and people give me the secret salute. Mm. I'll just be standing in the queue at the movies and someone will just, <laughs> just show a little hint of passbook. There it is. There and it do is. the secret wink. Oh. One of the club. But now that they've got everyone out in the street on the ATMs, mm. the queues aren't that long. So <laughs> you what? Get the passbook back. It looks great. It feels like a passport. Yeah. But it's, don't you have to carry it around? It's got a... Yeah. Well, but only on the day that you go to the bank. Otherwise, it's in a temperature-controlled safe. <laughs> <laughs> what about impromptu? What about I've run out yeah. of cash, need some? Oh, then you just uh, borrow it off my wife. <laughs> <laughs> She's the ATM. <laughs> But it's it's, so it's a two-part process. You've got you need a passbook and a wife. You've well, yeah. You can work towards that end. All right, call in. Start with the sailor <laughs> sailor suit. Build towards a, a spouse. What do they cost these uh, these passbooks? Well, see, I didn't. I haven't checked. I mean, they're free ah, when you get them. They're, they're, I'm sure that them, secret surely. black signature doesn't come cheap. Nah. But I didn't realise how much the ATMs cost. So it's fifty cents a withdrawal. But then because over half of Australia's 24,000 ATMs are for another bank or they might be at a 7-Eleven, mm. then it's $1.50 two bucks. What? Every yeah. time you draw some money. Yeah. And sometimes now, when you, as Nikki pointed out, you make a mistake, that's another $1.50. I once with, went into a 7-Eleven and withdrew 
twenty dollars ten times, and uh, I came out <laughs> negative. <laughs> wow! But that's actually true, technically true. And then there's this other big ATM scam going on. Oh yeah, where it's some people put a card trapping device mm. inside the sort of it's kind of like a diaphragm <laughs> inside the card slot on the ATM. Mm-hmm. Someone comes along, puts the card in, doesn't work, disappeared. Oh look, helpful man. Sure, wearing a stocking over his head. Yeah. Just happens to appear. I'll help you out. What's your PIN number? Mm. Uh, I won't tell anyone. Don't, yeah. It's just between us two. That's called shoulder surfing. Is it? And so then the person with the car goes, oh, it's stuck in there. Off they go. Helpful man. Doot, 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 doot. Takes all your money. What? Sure, he gets photographed and his face is broadcast on the news. Bit of a flaw in the scam. Yeah. Uh, but it's going on. Wear but, a mask. But, you know, it sounds like the, if, the, if the card bandits don't get you, the <laughs> bank will. You're being slugged from all directions at the ATM. Mm. Uh, but that is a shonky scam. Give them a round of booze, Mr. Mars. Boo. Boo. Yes. That's glasses. what we're talking about. Mm. Have you been a victim of shoulder surfing, Woody? No, shoulder surfing. I was, I, I, I'm haunted to this day to whether I was scammed or not. I was about... Eight years ago, I was walking down a street in Melbourne and a guy came up to me, legitimate looking, in a yes. suit, and mm. he asked to borrow $20 because he'd, he'd lost his wallet or something and had to get to the airport to catch a plane. Right. And um, But you've worked with Steve Vizard on lots of occasions. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Couldn't resist. And this, this guy looked legit. He had the suit and he had a, he had a hardback book, which is classic. Ah, and he, yes. and I, could see, ah. I could see the actual tickets like stuck ah, out of the, in the book. Oh, this yeah, is a good scam. So, so he, I gave him the 20 bucks and uh, he took down my name and address and said, oh. I'll send you it. And never did. And to this day, I'm haunted to whether I was scammed or whether he just lost my address. Was he wearing shoes, Michael? <laughs> yes. He, he, looked, he, he looked... I fell in love with him, actually. Oh. He looked so nice. Um, wow. Well, that's yeah. a possible scam. Yeah. I'm not, see, that's, that's the terrible thing. I'll, I'll never know if I was scammed or not. All right. Ed, have you got uh, one? Two guys, when I lived in Brisbane, there were these two guys that... We had a, a communal mango tree in my suburb. <laughs> And what they do is the night that the mangoes got ripe, they'd go up and take them all yeah. and then go drive a little bit down the road and sell them at the, at the market that weekend. Mango laundering? Stealing community mangoes for profits. The that night, is a shonky scam. The night they got ripe. Mango yeah. night, was it? Yeah. <laughs> it was a wow. bonfire. Yeah. Do you reckon the listeners can go better than yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're looking for scams. It could be on a multi-corporational level. Or it could just be on a mango... Stolen fruit level. There you go. Anything you want, give us a call at Talkback Mountain, one triple three five three. The Veronica's when it all falls apart, and this is usually the program uh, where it does at this point. I didn't uh, realise we were back on. As we try and put together <laughs> Talkback Mountain. <laughs> During just one song, and that is a scam in itself, Michael Ward, <laughs> fine comedy writer, is sitting in with us today. He's ready to judge, even though there is no prize. <laughs> Or even a winner. I want to start getting prizes, Tone. Can we do that? Yes. Is that too high for Luton for this show? I have to. You're going to get them yourself. Now, see, that would impress the listeners if they know that Ed Cavalier has personally, in his sailor suit and with his incomparable (laughs) skipping motion and or possibly the brown corduroy suit that people reckon he looks like a puff in, if he's gone around and actually obtained or stolen all the prizes Uh of the segment, that would get people tuning in. Tomorrow, I will have prizes. There you go. Who's first with a scam for us? Hey, Sean. Hi. How you going? Good, thanks, buddy. Good. Uh, where are you? Uh, I'm in Sydney. Good for you. Now, what's your scam, mate? Well, I used to... Um, I was going to join the, the Cub Scouts, but I couldn't, I couldn't get past this dib-dib-dob-dob business, yeah. and I had a uniform. 
And anyway, so anyway, I bailed out. But later on, some mates of mine were doing um, fundraising for the Scouts. And they were just up in the uniforms and doing chores around people's houses, washing windows, mowing lawns and the like. So anyway, I joined in with them because they had the uniform. But of course, uh, I can't pay. Oh, oh wow. so the, you're the scam yourself. <laughs> you're the scam. Yeah. Give them around. All right. What that, a disgrace. That's a disgrace. But how much did you make? Oh, a lot. How much are we talking? Um, uh, it, was, uh, it was, uh, I think, about 160 bucks. Uh, Sweet. I mean, terrible. Yeah, it's Sweet. awful. <laughs> Appalling. Were you a member of the Scouts, Michael? Uh, I was. I was a member of uh, a scout, the Scouts, and we wore kilts. Kilts. We were the seventh Scottish something or other, but we had to wear kilts. <laughs> and if you bumped into the fake scout in his, how would you be able to, you know, get, throw Sean a question, see if you can catch him? Well, out. You, can, you can tell a fake scout by the woggle, basically. You look at that woggle very closely, and uh, you know if it hasn't got the little clip at the back, then fake scout straight oh. straight away. Did you oh, have I had a- the proper woggle? Oh, oh, oh woggle. He's, he's oh. busted that. And what badges did you have for achievement? Uh, well, that, Nine. That, I didn't have any. <laughs> Deception. Grand larceny. Uh, thanks, Sean. Hey, Julie, Hello. are you there? Is that Hello? You? Hi, Julie. Julie. How are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you? Good, thanks. You're in Campbelltown. I am. Tell me, talk us through it. What was your scam? We were in Italy a couple of years ago, and nice. this, in Venice, and this guy on the street was selling these little Disney figures. And he looked, it looked like they would, like he'd rub them against the, he had a radio going and he sort of rubbed them on the speaker and it looked like they were dancing. And we were all pissed, we had no clue what we were going on. <laughs> and it was, like, because it was euros as well and we didn't, we couldn't work out the exchange rate so we just forked over, you know, like 20 euros or whatever it was, took them back to the hotel to give it a go and they wouldn't work and we're like, what the hell's going on? And we went back like the next day to try and find him and some other guy was wandering around saying, oh, this guy ripped me off because he had fishing line on the little figures. Uh, yeah, so how stupid did we feel? So you couldn't see the fishing line? We couldn't see it. It looked like they were dancing. Like, uh, we, we, were, we were all drunk. There's like 40 people all milling around. These little <laughs> things are dancing. It looked very cute. I, I just get the feeling that even if they had not been dancing, you would have been convinced. Oh, we would, yeah, we would have bought them anyway because, yeah, we had no idea. And the Euros, like, we couldn't work out the exchange rate. So, yeah, we'll just fling the Euros around. The euro is in itself a scam, I think. I reckon. I'm not even sure that such a currency exists. (laughs) Hey, thanks, Julie. It's like that country, the Ukraine. It doesn't exist. Get out the atlases. It's not there. It's just a secret internet portal full of pornography and free Viagra. Hey, uh, hey, Steve, how are you? Yeah, good, guys. How are you doing? Good, mate. Where are you? I'm in on the Gold Coast. Oh, the Goldie. What's your scam, dude? Okay, I had, when I was 17, I had a friend of mine who was going around uh, collecting mangoes from people. Well, the oh, people that no, didn't really you. didn't really eat the mangoes, but yeah. they, you know, the mangoes would end up falling on the ground, they'd yeah. rot. So he thought, well, seeing they're going to waste, he'd go and collect them all mm-hmm. and go and sell them. And he started making a pretty good business in the area because he'd collect bucket loads of these mangoes mm-hmm. and sell them, and obviously they weren't costing him any money. Um, so he'd make a pretty good profit. However, um, there was a group going around, little, little did he know, there was a group of guys already doing this. And um, they were sort of lost some of their market, so they ended up threatening him. And they said, "If you keep on selling your mangoes to these people, we're going to break both your arms." Oh, around. So ran foul of the mango mafia. <laughs> exactly, mate. You know what happens when the, when when you run foul of the mango mafia? You wake up with a bowl of fruit salad in your bed. There you go. <laughs> That's ugly. See, I told you it was true, Steve. You, these must have been what, these must have been the guys in uh, in Ashgrove in Brisbane where I lived. Must have been the mango mafia. You could, may well be, yeah. I'm not sure exactly who, who it was, but he was um, he was doing quite well. And, and um, these guys all had Lexuses, and you know, and the, man- man- the mango is of course the fruit of love. 
Oh. So they would just be continuously horny as well. <laughs> I wonder if there are other fruit mafia, though. The, the battle for turf, like the banana mafia or the uh, you know the grape mafia. Call in. Well, I think so. <laughs> Call in. If you belong to the mafia, we'd love to hear hey, from da- you. Hey, David. David, are David, you there? You there? Yeah, I'm here. How are you guys? Good, mate. Talk us through your scam. Um, me and my wife were in London, and we were walking through the streets just as tourists, and a couple of guys come up with a camera and said, oh would you like your photo taken? And um, we said, oh, no, not really. And they said, oh, we'll, we'll take your photo and we'll post them out to you. So we let them take our photo and they said, oh, that'll be five pounds. Right. So um, after that, they said, oh, what's your address? And we thought, oh, hang on, this is a bit of a scam going on here. They've, you know, they're going to take our money without giving us a photo and they're going to get our address and probably do our house while we're, um, mm. while we're in London. Mm. And um, sure enough, we finished our holiday and when we got home, there was two photos in the oh, post. That's <laughs> nice. <laughs> is that a scam? Yeah. No, actually, it's just a nice story. Oh, give no. it a That's nice. A round of applause. Year of little faith, David. So it wasn't a, a photo in a frame in a completely empty house. <laughs> no. It wasn't no. a photo of them wearing all your clothes. <laughs> right. <laughs> so no, we just thought we were going to be scammed, and we weren't, you oh, know. It's one nice. of those. Yeah. That's un- and it is an unusual way of making a living, though, just going up to people in the street. Maybe they're just softening you up. Maybe there's a second part to the scam. Oh, I see. Yeah. What do you reckon? What would that be? I don't know. It would involve mangoes. I'm sure it would. I'm sure Thanks, it would. Thanks, David. What a great bunch of scams. Yeah, that was great. See, if this was tomorrow's show, Wardy, you'd get to say which one was the winner. And then one of Ed's mm-hmm. fabulous prize packs would be coming their way. Everyone gets a prize, and then one person gets a sweet, like a special pack. What are you going to be doing? How are you going to get this Tone, stuff? You're just going to be walking up to people in the street and offering them <laughs> to take their photo? Something like that? Yeah, it'll just be photos of me. Oh, I'm going to tune in to tomorrow's show to find out what these great prizes are. Here again, this. Get this. Are they really that bad? What can I say? Yeah, they are that bad. The census one, two, three, four on Triple M. Oh, look, that was Van Halen with Jump. Did you say gayest film clip ever, Ed? I might have. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Marsland, though, uh, drives the panel Mars on this show, bar. was reminding me that there is a very obscure acoustic version of that song by Aztec Camera. There oh, you go. Wow. There you go, 80s buffs. I think it was a B-side. Michael Ward, thank you for sitting in for the whole show. Thanks, Tony. I put enough coins in the meter for an hour's parking, so it's been great. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. They're pretty tough around here. Yeah. Just a reminder, if you'd like to send us an email, you can do that at the website. Hello to uh, Shane Walsh, who's listening to the show in Osaka, Japan. Hi, Shane. You can do that via the website. That's choice. And he's been teaching uh, Japanese kiddies English, Mm -hmm. and he's been doing it by singing them Carpenter's songs. (laughs) And apparently his students are baffled because he insists on singing them in the style of Pete Smith. Wow. (laughs) It gets weirder because he remembers... Eight years ago on Martin Malloy, Pete Smith sang Sing, Sing a Song. And apparently all these Japanese kiddies are now singing that song in the style of Pete Smith. La, 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 la. La, 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 la. So good. that's a pretty bizarre kind of email, but that's the kind of stuff. He also says that he was the bloke who called up your show years ago bragging that he'd stolen the set list for Puppetry of the Penis. I've still got it somewhere from memory. It goes Pelican, Hamburger, Uluru, Windsurfer, Loch Ness Monster. I think he's correct. <laughs> he's right. Uh, Wardy, will you come back and play again? I would love to, Tony. All right. Great. We'll have you back for a bit more. And yeah. we had a lot of key phrases today. So I think it, the key phrase was, Bedraggled Brant yeah. takes a dump in his hat <laughs> unobserved by the Mango Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> Work that out. <laughs> uh,
Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow with Heath Franklin. Ah. And it's all thanks to Census 1, 2, uh, 3, 4.